also the one thing that swung it for the majority of the judges was that people could drink your drink all day long at a, at a party and that was the thing like you could just have 16 of them because they were so light and, <laughs> and so that's why we ultimately and that's why ultimately we, we went for that one Welcome to the Lush Life Podcast. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, and I bring you the how-to guide for living life one cocktail at a time. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by cocktails ever since. Together, we'll learn from bartenders, brand ambassadors, distillers, and others why certain drinks are popular in certain cultures, how to make the perfect old-fashioned, when to shake and when to stir, and so much more. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let the fun begin. Have you ever tried a Peter Spanton drink? If not, you're missing out on some of the boldest flavored mixers you can find. Ask for them by name and number. My favorite at the moment is the Salted Paloma. That's lucky number 13. Refreshing and so delightful on these hot summer days. This week, I was invited to the inaugural Peter Spanton Cocktail Competition, being held at the Jobin Law Cocktail Bar in Aldgate, London. Before anyone picked up a shaker, William Stern, the commercial director of Peter Spanton, sat down with me to explain why and how they conceived the competition in the first place. We were sitting around trying to work out how to engage our audience uh, with our drinks, which are different uh, to everybody else's drinks. The flavor profile is what we call beyond ordinary. Um, And we wanted to find a format to allow people to express uh, that beyond ordinariness or that difference Uh, and uh, there was no point reinventing the wheel as it were so we took the format of a cocktail competition but uh, we as a soft option as the mixer it's quite unusual to do that it's been a real it's been really interesting for us because what we wanted to do was really challenge uh, the contestants to, to uh, use that notion of beyond ordinary to also use the theme of the forest because we have a hare as our brand mascot and hares are uh, crazy magical creatures um, and we were uh, if you think about Donny Darko or Alice in Wonderland, uh, or the hair that makes the elixir of life in Chinese culture, and we really wanted to express that um, that difference between us and other uh, other drinks and other and therefore other competitions. And it's been a real challenge actually to break down those uh, barriers with our com- with, with the competitors in the, in the um, competition. The first prize of this competition is to go to the Moscow Bar Show in St. Petersburg, which is in September, and it really is uh, a great uh, opportunity for us to show off our brand, and the theme there actually is mythology, so it works quite well with our, um, with our forest theme um, in, in the myths and everything like that, but we're really excited about going to the Moscow Bar Show and taking our team there and working with our partner at the Moscow Bar Show, uh, who are called Simple. 
and uh, really putting them on a great show. So if any of you uh, are thinking about going there, please do come and say hello to us at the Moscow Bar Show in St. Petersburg. Four groups of two bartenders prepared and presented one cocktail to the three judges, Veronica Corolla, Jarek Sawadsky, and William. And they were off. I snagged them for a chat after their presentation to discover what inspired them and how they chose which Peter Spanton drink to use in their cocktail. First stop were Michele Reina and Georgia Billing with their Under Milkwood cocktail. I'm Georgia Billing and I work at Sexy Fish. I'm the head bartender there. And um, I'm Michele Reina. I'm a, a European brand ambassador for uh, Luxco. So I represent directly two distillery in Kentucky. One is the Limestone Branch Distillery, and uh, which is one of the smaller distillery in the world. It's one barrel production, and the new Luxro Distillery, which we just opened in uh, Barstown. Well, why don't you tell me about the inspiration for the cocktail you made for the competition? Okay, so when we were reading about the brief for the Spanton final, um, it was all about the woodlands and something particularly extraordinary. And I think it's uh, very much a character or personality of the brand to do something a little bit weird. Um, Michele had this idea to use a tiger milk gorchata in the drink and to actually clarify it. So playing with the protein and the tiger milk um, liqueur, mixing it with the alcohol and so to make it curdle and then to clarify it. And when we were talking about milk and woodlands, uh, I came up with, uh, got me thinking about Under Milk Wood by Dylan Thomas, which has actually become um, synonymous for someone in a a bit of a dreamlike state, as the play is all about people's dreams, and involves, quite conveniently, a forest. (laughs) Um, The ingredient that we wanted to use as well, um, of course, uh, Rebel Yell is quite uh, important to, to mention that we use this small batch reserve, which they, they stop the production in America, uh, is uh, uh, overproof, let's say, uh, 45.3% alcohol, which was great for us once we uh, fat wash it with the Tiger Meal to keep the ABV. So once we mix it with a full bottle of soft drink, which is 200 ml, you will still feel that kick from, uh, uh, from the bourbon. Uh, another important thing is then the inspiration coming from the uh, traditional English meat punch, which is this way to clarify your, uh, uh, your punch uh, using the, uh, the weight of the milk. Now when you do that, so most of the time, uh, nowadays more and more uh, easy to find people intolerant to lactose or nuts free, so we wanted to use something that everyone could drink and enjoy. Uh, that's why the, the Oshata um, Tiger Milk and plus the Oshata is always in, includes some uh, different herb and spice which are uh, typical from uh, Valencia. So it was in terms of, we were thinking about whiskey and ginger being such a classic combination, so it was teaming perfectly with the Peter Spanton number no. 3 ginger ale. Um, and then we were thinking about flavour matching as well with uh, other plants from, from the woodlands and from the forest. So we were using tonka bean, uh, date, um, there's a little bit of bark in there, like the bitter, and the, the, there's a homemade bitter that we've made and the, the bitter agent is actually coming from a bark. Um, and then we've put a dust on the outside of the drink, which is coming from the tiger uh, nuts themselves, dusted down with a bit of bee pollen. And then we garnished it with a sycamore leaf, which is a very important tree for bee pollination and, and the bee population, which is also a tree that's growing quite widely, even in, in the city of London, and uh, as well as in, in woodlands and forests. 
So the bitter that we use is actually coming from um, uh, a company that me and Giorgio opened two years ago and uh, it was the Rhino Lab. Uh, the Tonka bean and, uh, and date bitter was a tailor-made bitter for uh, uh, a friend of us, uh, Sophie. Sophia. Sophia or yeah. maybe she's yeah. listening. And, uh, we're she, a big fan of her. <laughs> yeah, we are. And uh, she came out with this idea to create uh, Tonka bean and date with different spice. Uh, there was a bio pimento drum there and uh, uh, we've been working together to tailor made this bitter especially for her and for her, her, her bar and uh, we love it so much that we actually uh, kept some of the batch and we use it today and uh, I believe it's so important for us to mention that because we start as uh, all the bartenders around experimenting in our bar or you know uh, in, uh, in our uh, little, little table and then eventually we have so many different flavors and different profiles of bitter, liqueur, vermouth and amari then uh, we decided to, to open our own business. And uh, we, we eventually needed to do a little step back because we had to, too much demand. We actually have so many people asking for our bitter and there was only the two of us. And that was a, that was a good, crazy way to uh, put doors man a company. But you know, sometimes you need to do a step back to do a step, step forward. Now, while I was watching you make this, you said something about um, the tonka beans, where you have to soak them because they're quite oh, it dry. Was the tiger nut. So oh, the actually, tiger nut. Um, Sorry, it's a type of a sedge. So it's uh, we were just going to say a final point about the garnish uh -huh. just now. Um, so it's not. It, it's called a nut, but it's not part of the nut family. It's more of a root, which is why it actually doesn't have the allergen that, that people suffer from when they have a nut allergy. Um, so what Michele did was to soak that in the Peter Swanton um, chocolate and uh, chocolate and mint tonic. So when you soak the nut, it actually crisps up a little bit. So when you just have them on their own, they're a little bit chewy. They're a little bit tough to handle, a bit like an unpopped uh, popcorn kernel. So um, when you soak them in the soda, um, they took on the flavour of the tonic. So they came out all chocolate and minty, which was matching with the ginger and the vanilla and the spice and the drink as well. Um, and uh, like they make like this really nice crispy sensation, a bit like a toasted desiccated coconut. Um, but yeah, it's like a really nice match. We, we thought, hopefully, the judges will think as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it was actually uh, a lucky strike because uh, I wanted to infuse these, uh, you know, these tiger nuts with the, with the Spartan soda, and I didn't know the result. To consider then, you kind of need to rehydrate those uh, uh, those nuts. They're actually not nuts. We water overnight. And most of the time, they actually are a bit uh, doughy. Doughy, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit like you know almondy, and so. So with the soda water, uh, it just yeah became that kind of crispy sensation, which is quite beautiful actually. And the sensation in your mouth will be uh, unusual, and especially when you smell it, you got the the, the Peter Spanton um, with this kind of mint and chocolate flavor, and of course then the nuts then release this almondy and coconut, uh, which is just match beautiful with, with our drink. Well, good luck, but you had me at bourbon, so I know I'm gonna like it. <laughs> we'll do a shot now when uh, the, uh, the, the microphone's not rolling. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure Dylan Thomas would have included this cocktail in his play after one sip. Next were Tomas Cisti and Francesco Macera with their number five alive. So, my name is Francesco Macera. I'm from Italy. Uh, little town around to Naples and I'm working at restaurant hours in South Kensington as a head bartender and today I'm here with my best friend Thomas to enjoy this beautiful competition. And you are? I'm, I'm Tomas Cisti, 
Uh, I'm coming from Czech Republic, originally from Prague, and I'm really happy to be here with Francesco and to celebrate this amazing uh, beverage called Peter's Panton, which is absolutely extraordinary and it's just getting salt drinks somewhere somewhere on another level so what was your inspiration for your cocktail creation today so uh, the inspiration behind my cocktail was uh, my family because uh, uh, I even feel the Peter Spanton people like my family they are really close friends and uh, they always helping me to to work uh, behind the bar and they're making my life like really easy. So when you got the brief about the woodlands forest, how did that inspire the cocktail that you created for today? Well, it was it was actually really easy because uh, my country house is just next to the, next to the forest. So uh, I just built uh, both cocktails like in the heats and also here on the finals uh, with a story from, from my childhood. And can you tell me what that story is? Yeah, so uh, in the heats uh, there was uh, the, the trips with, with my with my father when we were picking the mushrooms in the early morning it was like really cold mornings and the steam was coming out of the ground and it was such a magical moment in that time I use uh, the chocolate tonic and uh, it reflect really well uh, that moment and uh, and for for a final uh, I actually use uh, the homecoming from the forest uh, when I saw my mother just uh, on the garden picking the gooseberries and getting ready for to bake some delicious gooseberry, gooseberry tart so it has some some moment and, and uh, it's actually connected really well together so tell me about the cocktail recipe that you came up with uh, so uh, I wanted to make it like really low alcohol so I use uh, really aromatic uh, lemongrass gin, which we actually made in the Gin, gin Institute on Portobello Road, uh, which is really aromatic and uh, and it's spicy. And it's, a bit, spicy. and it's mm -hmm. a bit spicy. Uh, and it just goes really well with the tonic. It just elevates the flavors of the tonic on its own. Uh, and which tonic did you use? I used the number five, the lemongrass tonic. Uh -huh. And so you mix the lemongrass with the gooseberries. Uh, yeah. So because uh, I was coming from the from the forest, uh, I needed some some, some forest woodland uh, element. So I used the pines. Uh, I used the number five lemongrass tonic as a base for a syrup. Uh, I add some sugar and uh, and the pine needles. I cook it for a bit, and uh, it come out like really delicious and aromatic uh, syrup. But when you presented it, I know we don't have it here, but you had some kind of audio so of how did you pick that of course because like we are we are in the middle of the city and uh, in my opinion the, the customer should use the all senses to enjoy the product uh, the cocktail so uh, I wanted to use the smell of, uh, of, the, of the gooseberry and of the pines which were coming from the bag which you see there plus uh, I wanted to, to listen even the forest so that's why I use like a background of, of the forest. Cool. Well, it was amazing. So good luck, guys. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. Thank right. you. They even had a piece of gooseberry tart for us all to sample. The third set of finalists was Mikhail Gobza 
and Dario Arantz with their Paradise of Silence. So, I'm Michal Kobza, I'm working at Oblix at the Shard. I'm Dario Arantz, I'm working with him, with Michal. So tell me a little bit about your inspiration for the cocktail you created today. So the main inspiration came from the Woodlands, like like a theme of the of this competition. So was uh, inspired by the by the uh, silent or paradise of silence was the name of our cocktails. Mm-hmm. So the inspiration came from like going to the woodlands to read some energy to clean our minds. So. I think that's that's the main point. Yeah, I think the yeah, good lands are this place where you can relax your brain, and we got this this image of the of this feature of the woodlands. From uh, like I said before, we come from the apes. Like I don't know if 60 million years ago, not four million years ago, but we are still having in our NDA this kind of nature. We grow up in this nature, and now we are in this another kind of jungle, and we still need to relax and to. Have a drink in, in Goodlands in London, no? Yeah, because yeah. In, especially in, in London, there is uh, so many parks and uh, yeah, a lot of Goodlands. So everything is close to us. So we can go a few stops by tube, and we can enjoy the silence. We can enjoy the grass. We can enjoy the trees. All all the sounds when we're walking on on the grass. So yeah, everything is very important for us. So Amazing. how do you take that and put it into a cocktail? Uh, just I was I was thinking to create simple simple cordial and basically this cordial was was based on the cardamom tonic and plus using the marigold plus using the, the juniper berries using uh, uh, edible flowers and everything what is close to us and basically what we need to add after was just a little bit of sugar and boil it and the cordial yeah. was ready so which peter spanton product did you start with yeah, we'll start with the cardamom. So the cardamom tonic, sorry. Yeah, yeah cardamom is, is still sour, still bitter, still spicy. And it's um, one of the main parts of our uh, drink culture, like in tonics or the, in a lot of gins or a lot of drinks flavors, it's cardamom. And we got this cardamom inside us. So we wanted to uh, put out of, of us in this drink. And so how did you think of what the next step was? So you started with the cardamom tonic, then what alcohol did you guys use? Uh, we, we decided to use a gin, especially there's one brand which is called Silent Pool. It's a gin which is made from the place which is so quiet and full of herbs around. So that was the reason just yeah. to use it. Because the, the, the market is now is full of the gins, many flavors, uh, many brands. It's, it's more than 800 thing now but we especially we was trying to work with a silent and it works very good so the silent pool the yes. cardamom tonic yeah and, and then what else and a bit of and when the brand the silent pool is still the silence in the inside it's it's because there is a, a small pool in where they got the, the water for the gym. is that why um and hopefully we'll have a picture of, of your serve um yeah. you've got the idea for the little wooden ball and the yeah. Yes, One of those really sexy ice cubes that's yeah, big. Yeah. Just 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 to cool it down or just just to keep the temperature low as possible. But yeah, basically yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna imagine the small lake in the middle of the forest. Because sometimes when I when I was when I was uh, with my with my friends we went to the forest for for, for swimming in this kind of pool. So, yeah. 
or lakes. That was yeah. super amazing. I only wish that every lake tasted as good as your drink. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> so good luck, guys. Thank you for sitting down with me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. For, for Last but certainly not least were Claudio Brian Idam and Victor Manuel with their candy cocktail Alice. Hi there. Uh, I'm Claudio Yucolino. I am Victor Landeta. And we are here at the Spanton Cocktail Competition, which is very um, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so tell, tell me about your drink. Okay, the drink itself was born for the needing of having a, like something that was going to give like a, a better accent on the Peter Sponge and Tony Water. And they're not doing just Tony Woods, but they got different uh, different flavors of that. We have chosen the number five, which is the lemongrass. And the reason why we choose so is because of the freshness, the carbonization, and the different like kind uh, uh, of botanicals that are inside of this Tony water. And uh, the the cocktail as Barnett because. Um, we really wanted to give something fresh without taking off the possibility to people that didn't want to have alcohol but still to enjoy like their experience with a uh, with drink so we choose to have like um, a vegetable vegetable mix juice which is gonna uh, is being done by celery cucumber and gooseberries they are very like uh, awesome for the brain for the blood pressure and for your health in general and then cucumber and celery we know what they do to us and we mix them together the same like uh, the ratio is going to be one of juice to two of the tonic because we really want to have like that thing of the like the canning that is is hitting us but still having the freshness of the juice and then because we really wanted to have like a kind of a more than an aperitif we wanted to give like a, a something refreshing for the seaside for very like a sunny hot warm day that you really want to just escape the the hearts of the city and you can have it this one like uh, in your bar in the terrace maybe having some shisha or just enjoying this on the seaside so like uh, and having a little bit of top up and just measuring like what's going to be like your core ports so for this one we even developed a, a different kind of ingredient which has been a, like a non-made vermouth this homemade vermouth is being done by uh, with a, um, a base of shiraz. Uh, there is a sour wine with the aftertaste of berries, and then we add some absinthium, bentiana, which is an aperitif liqueur, and then we add some hazelnut liqueur coming from um, the Poland, and dessert um, mainly. So. Um, Another thing that is part of our cocktail is that we didn't want to use glassware. We really care about what is the environment, so we wanted to do our own glass and we didn't use any sugar inside because our glass were being the sugar. So we melted candies, which is the added, like, um, uh, yeah, let's say like the kick on top of our drink. And our glass would be like a melted candy, like in a bowl shape and it's served alongside with the fruit that is gonna be like a simmer inside them, the main picture of the, of the cocktail. So you can have the unalcoholic one and anytime you can add some more of the alcoholic just for a little kick more. And uh, I personally like both. So it would be like a good recover for like a, a fantastic night or so it can be a good start for an awesome night for the day you are in. So you made this, this glass out of candy how did you do that um you got you got to go to the shop get buy candies and put them inside no i'm serious like uh, this was like the crazy idea 
we're going to the shop, buying candies, going home, and put them in the pan, and listen to your girlfriend say like, "You're gonna burn another one," <laughs> and then when uh, you drop in uh, like on top of your balloon, then she was like, uh, "What?" Because like, um, did you part, pop like a billion uh, balloons? I popped, I popped a couple of balloons. Like, but we end up like the, the problem with that was the temperature. Because when you're melting like candies, you can go like a very high temperature up to 120 or 25 yeah. degrees, but then it burns. So the the bats and the challenge was to keep them uh, within 80, 85 degrees, so to don't pop the balloon. When so so it has to be top. like hot enough that it's still liquid, but not hot enough that you pop the balloon. It has to be thick, more than liquid, it has to be like, you know, the consistency that is kind of thicky. Uh-huh. There is not like a liquid, but it's not solid, but it's not very liquid. You okay. just like, uh, you're going through this. Like if actually somebody has checked my Instagram stories, we, we posted some of them of the experiments. Meanwhile, we were doing it. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, my Instagram is drink and taste. Very okay, easy to, to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, more or less, this is all. We wanted to give something that was easy to reproduce, even home. So what you need is just your veggies, your blender, like a strainer, ice, tonic, and win. That's mainly what it is. You prepare this one night before, it's gonna taste amazing. You you do it on the spot, everybody would be like just shocked. So I hope that the judges and the public has enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed to make it. Cool. Great, good yeah. luck. After all were done, the judges disappeared to deliberate. It was a tight race and sadly only one could be the winner. This team, yeah, four. Which I, we, th- we think that they, uh, they took the concept of Peter Spanton as having the dual use, uh, that, that this was the, the thing that they managed to do and they really took hold of like, how our brand would be alcoholic and non-alcoholic. And also uh, their presentation, because uh, Claudia is so charming, uh, we would like to give the, you to, in fourth place. Thank you very much, Claudia. Um, and uh, uh, third on the list, uh, see I didn't say uh, that, uh, third on the list, like, the, uh, these two uh, people I think they completely love each other and that kind of <laughs> totally came across and not only did they produce a delicious drink but their sort of teamwork and the way that they were with each other was unbelievably charming so that goes to uh, Mikhail and Dario. And then uh, it gets difficult, um, <laughs> even more difficult, I have to say. So, uh, in the second place, the storytelling um, was amazing, I thought, um, and the creativity in terms of the processes to get to the final drink was amazing, and the, the teamwork was really, really good. Uh, Michaela and Georgia, thank you very much. Can I just say something, right? Fra- this was uh, struck us. Yeah. Francesca only joined Tomash on this uh, three days ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah. you were like really stuck in the. And I think that the, the teamwork that you did was absolutely fantastic. You had a really good story, 
Um, sorry, yes, you did have a good story. <laughs> um, but the uh, and, and there was great technique and behind the bar and all of that. But also the one thing that swung it. Uh, for the majority of the judges was that people could drink your drink all day long at a, at a party um, and that was the thing like you could just have 16 of them because they were so light <laughs> and, and so that's why we ultimately uh, and, that, and that's why ultimately we, we went for that one so. Thanks so much to everyone at Peter Spanton Drinks It was a gorgeous morning filled with deliciously creative cocktails to sample overlooking an amazing view of London. Now let's head to the winning Cocktail of the Week. For this week's Cocktail of the Week, we give you the number five alive, created by the winners Tomaj and Francesco. I really don't know if it's possible to recreate this, but you can always give it a try. Nevertheless, here are the ingredients. 35 milliliters of Portobello Ginstitute Lemongrass Gin invented by Tomaj himself. Not so easy to make, but try your best. 10 mLs of number 5 tonic-based pine syrup. 40 mLs of clarified gooseberry juice. Then top up with Peter Spanton number 5 lemongrass tonic. Build it all in a slim Collins glass with half the glass filled with frozen gooseberries and half filled with ice. Frozen gooseberries chill the drink while also adding flavor. As for the gin, Tomaj built a gin at the Portobello Road Institute using these botanicals. 40% juniper berry, 10% coriander seed, 3% angelica root, 3% orris root, 6% lemongrass, 3% lemon peel, 3% wormwood, 2% pink peppercorns, and 1% cardamom pods. For his number 5 pine syrup, he mixed 3 parts number 5 tonic to 2 parts sugar and added Douglas pine fir and let it sit. And last but not least, for his clarified gooseberry juice, he juiced English gooseberries and then microfiltered the juice. As William said, you could drink 16 of these and be ready for another. I would just cozy up to Tomaj at 12 Hay Hill and see if he'll make me one. More of the Peter Spanton recipes will be coming soon, but as you know, you'll find this recipe and all the cocktails of the week on alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find almost all the ingredients in our shop. Don't forget to ask for your favorite Peter Spanton mixer the next time you sidle up to the bar. As I said before, my favorite at the moment has to be the Salted Paloma, a mixer made for tequila and mezcal. Next time, we meet the show jumper who took a chance and created her own ready-to-drink cocktail. You'll see why a rose is not just a rose. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast, the sister of A Lush Life Manual. For more information and links to everything you heard, plus a bit more, please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. 
Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra, and I'm your hostess, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar.